You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. On today's episode, we're going to talk about a variety of things. We're going to talk about the point guard situation uh, situation for Kentucky. We're also going to talk about Kentucky's next five games, one of the more brutal stretches of the entire slate for the Wildcats. And then to wrap things up, we're going to do something new. This is something that I want to try and do every single Thursday or every single Thursday or Friday from here on out. Uh, at least for the rest of basketball season, is I want to do some player power rankings. I want to give the three, uh, not necessarily the best players on Kentucky's team, but we're going to do it over the span of the past two games, and we're going to evaluate uh, everybody's uh, everybody's minutes. We're going to evaluate who is playing the best, uh, at least over the past span of the uh, last two games. So let's go ahead and get into it here. Uh, Starting off at the top here with Kentucky's point guard situation. This was a question that I asked in yesterday's show. We are breaking down Kentucky's win over Vanderbilt. uh, And I want to state again that I was only four points off of that final score prediction. Hate to flex, but, you know, again, I'll, I'll, I'll take what I can get. We were talking about the point guard situation with Severe Wheeler being out. Right, And we were talking about Ty Ty Washington running the point now for the Wildcats, and we were asking the question, is Kentucky's offense better with Ty Ty Washington uh, running the point? And I want to go ahead and actually pull it up for you here on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter already, you can follow the show uh, on Twitter at LockedOnUK. And I told you all about this on yesterday's show, and the, uh, the results are in. I put out a poll and I said, true or false, Kentucky is a better basketball team with Ty Ty Washington at the point. 61 votes now, 52% of you think that is false, 48% of you think that it is true. So it's interesting there, the split. I don't necessarily have a strong opinion either way. I think it's interesting to see the contrast between the two uh, offenses whenever they are run by different different players, but I just want to kind of take a dive into some of the basic numbers here and then just to talk about what player brings to the table what each player brings to the table, because I don't necessarily think that there's a right answer to this. I think that both players bring different things that the other doesn't. And overall, I think it's great to have them both on roster, especially if you can rotate them out. And it's a shame that Severe Wheeler is not healthy right now and he's not able to get these minutes in the uh, in the SEC. I know he's got them in the past, but this is with a completely new team. And so it's a shame that he's not getting those minutes, but Ty Ty is. So let's just go over some of the uh, statistics from Ty Ty running the point over the past two games. So, like I mentioned, he's gotten two games, Georgia and Vanderbilt. Georgia is 280th in defensive efficiency, and Vanderbilt is 58th in defensive efficiency. So Kentucky's kind of gotten the best of both worlds uh, in terms of the defenses that they face. They've gotten a defense that knows how to put pressure on, on the point guard, and they've gotten a defense that doesn't know how to put pressure on quite literally anything. So... It's not like Kentucky's been playing two bad defenses while while Ty Ty's been at the point. In fact, Kentucky's only played two teams this season with a better defensive efficiency than Vanderbilt. Uh, can you guess them? I'll give you a second. 
It's Duke and LSU, and if uh, if you thought of those two teams, you were con- correct. Congratulations. Ty Ty Washington, over the span of these two games against Georgia and Vanderbilt, averaging 16 points per game, 4.5 rebounds per game, and 10.5 assists per game. Uh, that 10.5 assists per game mark is largely boosted by the fact that he had 17 assists against Georgia. Again, that is a school record for assists in a game. You can compare those numbers to his season averages. So 16 points a game over these past two games. He's averaging 13.7 points per game on the year. Uh, Four and a half rebounds per game uh, as opposed to his 4.3 on the year. The rebounds don't necessarily matter to me. I'm just talking specifically Ty Ty growing as a player individually. Uh, And then 4.8 assists per game as opposed to the 10 and a half that he's averaging currently. This next game against Tennessee is probably going to bump that mark down quite a bit. Uh, Again, 17 assists. Uh, 70 to 17 assists against Georgia definitely boosted Ty Ty's numbers. But uh, you look at those numbers just over two games alone, and like I mentioned a second ago, his growth as an individual player has, uh, you know, he, he's grown. He's definitely taking steps in the right direction now that he's gotten to pilot the now that he's gotten to pilot the offense uh, over these past two games. Looking at some of the overall season totals here, uh, Kentucky's averaging 82.6 points per game shooting 46.9% from the floor and averaging 17.4 assists per game. Over the past two matchups uh, with Ty Ty Washington running the point, they have exceeded uh, exceeded numbers in all three of those statistical categories. So 82.6 points on the season as opposed to the 85 Kentucky is averaging over the past two games. 46.9% for the floor on the year. Over these past two games, Kentucky's averaging 54.8 uh, 54.8 uh, field goal percentage, which is very, very solid. And then they are also averaging 19 assists per game as opposed to the 17.4 that they are averaging on the year. So Ty Ty has grown. The offense is, is growing. And you look at that 78 points uh, that, that Kentucky scored against Vanderbilt last game. And I know it necessi- wasn't necessarily like the most impressive offensive performance, but I'm going to be honest with you, outside of the two stretches in that matchup, uh, the four-and-a-half-minute stretch in the first half where there was an 11-0 run, and then there was a second-half run where it was a 16-0 run by Vanderbilt, the offense was incredibly efficient in that game. And I don't want to, like I said on yesterday's show, I don't want to just kind of excuse and say, eh, whatever, about a 16 nothing run at the end of the game, but that game was won. It was quite literally a 28-point lead. It was, it was getting very close to 30, and Kentucky stopped trying, and I don't necessarily blame them for doing so. There, like I mentioned yesterday, there is, a, there is something to be said for you know wanting to keep a lead and wanting to keep your foot on the gas. There's also something that needs to be said for making sure your players don't get hurt and that your players are conditioned well enough to perform in the next game. And the next game uh, is against a, a solid Tennessee basketball squad. By the way, on tomorrow's show, we're going to have Sean Vinzel of Hoop in, Hoops Insight on the show to help break down that matchup. Going to get real nerdy. Going to be a lot of statistics thrown out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss that episode. But point being here just talking about the season totals for Kentucky talking about what they did last game talking the talking about the 92 that they scored against Georgia overall I think the offense has been flowing very well uh, I think that you look at these two games and you may need a larger sample size with Ty Ty at the point to truly determine whether or not the offense is better with him and again I don't necessarily have a strong opinion on this either way I'm just want to want to point everything out and I, I think it's Objective, you look at the numbers, the offense has been doing good things. 
with Ty Ty, uh, whether those are better or worse uh, on, on film than with Wheeler running the point is uh, up for you to decide. What, let's talk here for a second about what both these point guards bring to the table. Let's start with Severe Wheeler. What he brings to the table is handles. He's got great, he's got great handles. He's, he uh, brings better opportunities to score in transition. I strongly believe that Wheeler is a better transition point guard than Ty Ty. I think he gets up and down the court quicker. I think he gets to the rim quicker. Uh, and uh, not to say that Ty Ty Washington's bad. I think we saw some great things against Georgia and, um, and Vanderbilt. Uh, the defensive intensity for Wheeler is definitely there. He's averaging almost one and a half steals per contest. Uh, and I talked about this on yesterday's show. For a guy that's listed at 5'7", you do not realize just how physically intense he can be, especially if you start to fall asleep a little bit, bringing the ball up the floor. Wheeler, Wheeler will uh, pick your pocket. And then final thing here that Wheeler does well is distribute the basketball. He's averaging 7.3 assists per game um, before his injury. And so those are all the things that Wheeler does well. Uh, and again, not to say that he's a bad point guard. I think he's a great player. I think he's a great point guard. He's not a shooter, only shooting 17.4% from three right now. Uh, but he definitely has done a lot of good things for this Kentucky basketball club. What Washington brings to the table as a point guard. I think he brings scoring, uh, which also uh, goes hand-in-hand hand with the distribution of the basketball, only f- almost five assists per contest. Uh, and when you, whenever you can score as a point guard, that's really, really hard to stop in a, as an opposing team, especially with the talent that surrounds Ty Ty at the point. Um, it's very difficult to prepare for that because if you can score and you have to prepare for somebody that could dish out 17 assists on a given night, it makes it really hard to to gel as a defense and try and get in rhythm as a defense. You're always on your toes. You're always looking for the next pass. You're always looking to make sure that he doesn't pull up from mid-range and knock it down on you. Very, very tough to guard. Uh, better opportunities in the half court. In my opinion, Ty Ty Washington is a better half court point guard than Wheeler is. Just just after watching him for two day, two games, the way that he's able to get the ball inside to Shibway, I think he's a better half court distributor of the basketball. Uh, he's also a shooter, unlike Wheeler. Uh, he's shooting 40.4% from three. Uh, and this doesn't this necessarily isn't a good thing or a bad thing for your point guard. Uh, scoring is one thing. Shooting is another, in my opinion. Uh, and, and it's, it's great that he's able to shoot that well from, from downtown, but it's not necessarily needed out of the point guard position. It's just something that he possesses. So those are what those two point guards do well. And that's just kind of an assessment of the Kentucky offense. Again, over these past two games, it's gotten, it's gotten, I wouldn't it's, it's better than what the season averages are. And if we get a little bit more of a sample size with Ty Ty at the point against a really good Tennessee team on Saturday, then I think we'll start to get more of an idea of whether or not there is some truth to he he and the offense are both performing better whenever he's running at the point. All right, we're going to talk about the brutal stretch that awaits Kentucky basketball down the road in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at NetSuite. Picture this. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. And if you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, and it's all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 
Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that's netsuite.com locked. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all podcast platforms. All right, a really, really difficult stretch coming up here for Kentucky basketball, and I wanted to highlight it because if the Wildcats start to lose some games and they start to lose some momentum, I don't want fans to think that this just came out of the blue. I don't want people to blame it on the fact that, oh, Severe Wheeler's out. Not saying that you will, just saying I don't want it to happen. Uh, And let's just go ahead and and, and look at these five games. Number 22, Tennessee at home. Uh, They are on the uh, Wildcats will then travel on the road to Texas A&M. They will play at number four, Auburn. They will then play Mississippi State at home, and then they will play at number six, Kansas. So we're just going to break down these five games here real quick, briefly. I just wanted to give fans an idea of what is coming up. And if Wheeler is not back for these games, again, it's great. It's a great compliment, uh, complimentary system that the Wildcats have at the point guard position between Wheeler and Washington. If Wheeler is not back for, this, for these next five games, it's going to be really, really brutal. So first game up here, number 22, Tennessee at home. We're going to be breaking this game down tomorrow in, in full detail. Uh, with Sean Vinzel of Hoops Insight. Don't want to miss it. Ken Palm gives Kentucky a 66% chance to win this game. The Vols are 11-4, and 2-2 in the SEC. They've lost two of their last four games on a little bit of a slide, but what has kept them in these matchups so far is the fact that they are only allowing 60.7 points per game. Their defense has been incredibly strong. Uh, they, they beat number six Arizona just a couple of weeks ago. It was uh, That was at Tennessee, though. And they rank six in the top 30, or they rank in the top 30 of six of the 12 major statistical categories on Kim Palm. They're second in the nation in defensive efficiency, right behind uh, LSU. That's going to be a very difficult matchup at home, especially if Wheeler's not back. Because if they clamp down on either one of two things, Oscar Shibway or Ty Ty, if they put Shibway in foul trouble, we've got an issue. We've had a huge issue, and uh, that could be a struggle. On the road at Texas A&M. Now, you may be saying to yourself, Lance, why are we talking about Texas A&M basketball here? That should be a win, even though it's on the road. Who cares? Well, if you've not been following closely, uh, Texas A&M currently right now is 14-2. and They are 3-0 and in the SEC. Uh, and while, while Kentucky still has a 69% chance to win that game, uh, they got a nice chance to win it. They are, uh, the Aggies have been on a little bit of a tear, actually. They've won seven straight games. They're averaging 12.3 points per game higher than they were a year ago, getting close to 80 per contest right now in conference play. And they're 19th nationally in three-point field goal percentage at 38.2%. So they're offensively efficient, way more than they were last year. They've got a lot of returning pieces as well. They've won seven straight, they're hot, and they've not lost a game in the Southeastern Conference. That's on the road at Texas A&M. The fact that Kentucky almost has a 70% chance to win this matchup kind of surprises me. Uh, speaking of matchups that that could be that could not surprise me, at number four Auburn, 
Uh, Kentucky only has a 37% chance to win this game. That does not surprise me. The Tigers are 15-1 right now, 4-0 in the SEC. They have not lost a game since November 24th. That was a 115-109 to double overtime loss to UConn, a game that UConn literally shot the lights out of the gym uh, in. It was, it was a contest that you stepped away from. It's like neither of these teams are going to shoot the basketball as well as they did, ever. Like it was, it was just insane what was going on uh, on that day. A lot of offense. Uh, Auburn also has arguably the number one overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft, and Jabari Smith uh, shooting about 45 percent uh, percent of both from two and from three right now as a six foot ten forward, uh, averaging almost 16 points a game. Uh, it has been a very, very, very uh, powerful piece for the Tigers offensively and defensively. Uh, and Auburn has also already beaten Alabama and LSU. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's going to be a really difficult matchup in, in Auburn Arena. All right, fourth game here at home against Mississippi State. Uh, this is the easiest game of these five-game stretch, according to Kim Palm. Uh, Wildcats have an 83% chance to win this game. Bulldogs are 10-4, and 1-1 one one in the SEC. And this, personally to me, while it may be the easiest game, so to speak, I, I don't think that Mississippi State... I don't think that Kentucky matches up well with Mississippi State. The Bulldogs have a has have an eleven point one rebounding margin, a positive eleven point one rebounding margin, which is absolutely insane. Uh, they have a potential SEC Player of the Year candidate on their roster in their point guard Iverson Molinar, who is averaging sixteen point eight points per game, uh, four point three assists per game, and three point four rebounds per game. Those are some great numbers for a point guard. And again, like I mentioned earlier, I think that the Bulldogs match up well with the Wildcats. Defensively, they're sound. They've got a lot of different pieces on offense than just Iverson Molnar. They've got Garrison Brooks, transferred from North Carolina. They've got DJ Jeffries, transferred from Memphis. Uh, Rocket Watts, I don't know if he's fully healed from his injury, but that's a transfer from Michigan State uh, that, 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 uh, that Kentucky will definitely be taking a look at. And last time these two teams matched up, uh, Mississippi State won. And you may be saying, well, Lance, that was the 2020 season, 2020-2021 year. Who cares that Kentucky lost in the SEC tournament game to an, an iffy Mississippi State team? That was just, it was a fluke year. The past years have been a fluke. I, I, would have arg- I would argue that some people might have said the same thing about the Notre Dame game heading into it this year. That's just my opinion on it. All right, final game here. At number six, Kansas. This is going to be tough. 37% chance to win this game for the Wildcats. The Jayhawks are 13-2. They are 17th nationally in points per game. Uh, they've got a uh, kid averaging over 20 points per game. And I believe his name is pronounced Ochai uh, Agbaji. I believe is how you pronounce his name. I probably just absolutely butchered it. If you can't tell, I'm bad with pronouncing names. And they are also top 35 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. Top 35 offensive and defensive efficiency are the Jayhawks. That is going to be incredibly tough. So you look there, you've got a uh, top 25 team at home, then you go on the road to a 14-2 and two squad. Uh, you play on the road, the road at the number four team in the country. This time next week, they may be number one. Uh, then you play uh, at home against a Mississippi State team that plays sound defense and has some star players. And then you're on the road at number six, Kansas. This is an incredibly difficult stretch for, for Kentucky. If they go three and two, I will be very pleased. Um, if they go two and three, I'll be like, eh, all right, whatever. I, I, I don't expect anything less than two and three. I expect more. I expect a better record than that. But there's opportunity for Kentucky to really, really struggle over these next five games. And I just want people to be aware of it. Just want people to be aware of it. All right. 
Player power rankings. We were talking about it to begin the show. We're going to break down the three players that are playing the best for the Wildcats right now in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends at GetUpside. All right, Kentucky fans, here's an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called GetUpside. If you have GetUpside, as all Locked On Kentucky listeners should, then you will be making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and again use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season, which is now officially over, and the pro football playoffs, which starts this, which, uh, start this weekend. And I could not simply be more excited. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky here. Again, really appreciate you guys sticking around. If you made it this far in the YouTube video or the podcast, really appreciate you listening and watching. Three players in the power rankings for the Kentucky Wildcats uh, this week. Again, we're going to try and do this every single Thursday, and it's going to be evaluation of the past two games for the Wildcats because you get about two games a week. Power rankings, three players that are playing the best for the Wildcats right now. We're going to start at number three and work our way up. Number three is Davian Mintz. And... I know that there's probably a player right now that is scoring more than Mintz is right now, but he's averaging 14 points a game over the past two matchups, two assists, and he's shooting 66.7% from three. This is a guy that has been floating around on roster for quite some time. He was one of the leaders on last year's squad. Uh, He's a bit of a reserve role player this year. And with the absence of Severe Wheeler, he has really stepped up and let Ty Ty perform as a point for the most part, and Mintz has really slotted in well as a shooting guard. Five of seven, I believe he was against Georgia. And he was three of five against Vanderbilt from downtown. Those are great numbers. And we here on the show have talked so much about how role players should play. They should not play like starters. You should not expect them to play like starters. This is why they're sitting on the bench uh, to begin the game. But they should be efficient. When you get a guy like Davian Mintz that has the experience that he has, he should be efficient. Now, should he be shooting 67% from three on a given night? Every single game? No. I'm not saying he should even average that. But it's great to see efficiency like this. It's great to see numbers like this. And so I encourage it. I think he's the, playing the third best on Kentucky's roster right now. Number two, Ty Ty Washington in the power rankings. 16 points per game, four and a half rebounds per game, 10 and a half assists per game. We mentioned everything essentially about him in the first segment, talking about how the offense is running well right now. Uh, There seems to be great pace, great flow to the game, at least offensively for the Wildcats right now. Washington has a variety of things that he can do with the basketball. He can distribute it. He can shoot the three. He can pull up. He can make great. He can, he's got a great layup package. um, And he can also get the ball down to Oscar Shibway, who was our number one player in the power rankings this week. 29.5 points per game uh, over the past two matchups for Shibway. 
You don't want to repeat that. Over the past two games, Shibwe is averaging 29.5 points per game. Cannot understate that. Uh, he's also averaging 15 rebounds per game and shooting 64.8% from the floor. Uh, he is quickly becoming... Do I say... He's quickly becoming one of the best Wildcats to ever do it. Uh, and I, I don't necessarily think that you put him up there with guys like AD or anything like that or John Wall or any of those players from the, from the 2000s, right? Um, but he's quickly, statistically, becoming one of the more dominant players that, that Kentucky's ever had and at least Coach Cal has ever had. Uh, and I'm not saying that he is or I'm not saying that he's close to the top five, um, but he's definitely, he's definitely making his mark on Wildcat history. And I think that it's really important as students, as fans of the program, we need to appreciate this stuff while it lasts because we don't know what's coming down the road. There is no tomorrow, right? There is no guaranteed win against Tennessee. There is no guarantee down the road that we're going to sustain success as a program. And so... It's really important when you see a guy scoring 30 points a game over the past two games, and it's just out of his mind in terms of what he's capable of doing on the offensive end as a forward, um, you've got to be able to stop and take a moment and say, that's special, and we may not see something like that again for a very long time. And you may say, well, Kentucky gets guys like that all the time, but we may not never see, we may never see it again. Not, well, there's no guarantee. This right here, Oscar Shibway, what he's doing is something special. Something really, really special. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. You can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. We're going to be previewing Kentucky versus Tennessee tomorrow. It's going to be a great matchup. Sean Vinzel hoops inside. He's going to join us. You do not want to miss it. I will see you all then. Have a good day and God bless.